Greetings from New York City. I'm Tim Cox. And I'm Peace Isagon. We're from Redeemer City to City. We're talking with our staff and friends of City to City around the world as we're all trying to figure out how to respond wisely and faithfully to the global COVID-19 pandemic. As of March 15th, churches around the world were advised against or legally prohibited from meeting in person. So one question everyone's asking around the world is how can we be the church if we can't gather together in person? This week, people are asking even more questions as it's becoming clear that many of these restrictions against gathering might last several weeks or even longer. In this episode, we're talking with One Mokatle, who is the lead pastor of Rooted Fellowship in Pretoria, South Africa. He is also the network director for Acts 29 Southern Africa. He's married to Confidence and they have two daughters. In part one of our conversation, One discusses the new normal of ministry in Pretoria, what it means to be a transcultural church online, and how they're innovating in the face of lockdown. Thanks for listening. Can you describe, because the, the phrase is used over and over again now, new normal, and the new normal 20 minutes ago is not the new normal now. I was a New Yorker cartoon. I didn't come up with that. Um, One, you had plans for Rooted Fellowship. You had a vision. Um, could you tell us what that what that was? Yeah, so the, the whole world has literally been turned upside down. Um, it's a crazy story. I was actually in Paris when uh, a lot of countries were being declared high risk, when travel bans were being put in place. Uh, I was at a, uh, a meeting with a whole bunch of other network directors that form part of X29. And, uh, and so we had to literally cut our meeting short and, and everyone had to go home. It felt like the great escape. And I got back home, uh, went immediately into self-isolation uh, for 14 days. Um, I'm healthy. I, I didn't show any symptoms. I, um, my doctors have cleared me. Um, but literally, that was the beginning of what we are now calling the new normal. And like you said, is just continually changing the whole time. We had great plans uh, for our, our church. We turned five this year. And so some really exciting things that we had in store. We've got two church planting residents, uh, both looking to launch this year. Um, so just a lot of moving parts that we had to quickly kind of go back to the drawing board and try to figure out, okay, what, what does this mean for us now? As a lot of restrictions have been put in place. And so where we are now in South Africa, we're currently serving. Uh, it's weird to say serving. It sounds like prison, but it's not. Um, we're serving a 21-day lockdown. We're in the middle of that. And um, and so obviously it simply means we can't gather. Um, our restrictions, I believe, are a little bit um, more stricter than what I've heard in the U.S. Like I'm seeing a lot of churches where they're able to go to the office and and film and, and do some work. Um, so they're not gathering, but they are preparing to be able to go online. Um, so we're not allowed to do that at all. The only time you can leave your house is if you are going to buy groceries, uh, if you need to go to the pharmacy, if you need to go to the hospital, um, or if you are a considered an essential worker. And uh, and so we're, we quickly had to figure out how are we going to be able to uh, ensure that we're still putting out content um, for our people. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we keep as many rhythms normal as possible. So a Sunday gathering, uh, folks getting together in their community groups, um, but that all of that had to go digital. And, um, and so just because we have a really good team, we were able to do that fairly quickly. Um, but it has been challenging. There's, there's, no, there's no denying that. I've, I'm 
as I serve as the network director for X29, there's a number of churches that I'm engaging with and, and coaching and trying to help and, and just realizing because of the complexity of our context, that not everybody can do the same thing. And so everyone's having to figure out what, what this new normal is and, and how we can continue to do ministry. We had a plan, had a vision to become a, a church, one church with multiple congregations. So it's not quite multi-site. Um, and the churches aren't exactly fully independent. Uh, we form one family, one church, um, but that has multiple congregations with their own lead pastor, their own elders. Um, there'd be a, a board in a sense that would help shape vision and culture for all the congregations. But the plan was that they would be very contextual to the areas that they find themselves in. And so that was the plan. Um, we had two ready to go uh, this year, one uh, before June and the other one around September, October. Um, and so that's, that's changed for now. You know, we're waiting to see how all of this will unfold. Uh, the guys that were planning to launch out before June, that'll definitely uh, be extended a little bit um, just because they, they were in the process of gatherings, you know, small gatherings, doing some vision events. Um, and so all of that stopped. Uh, and then the guy actually, uh, him and his wife had their second child. And so you throw that in the mix, um, you know, super excited about it, but, uh, but it does raise the complexity a little bit. And and so they're having to re rethink a lot of that. And then hopefully the guy uh, and his team that's looking to plant out in September, October, um, if they allow us to gather, then that might still be something that we, we look towards, but, but I know even that's going to look different just because of what we are currently experiencing now. And so our goal is still to be one church with multiple congregations. That's that's our hope. And even as um, more church planters are coming to us and saying, hey, how could we be a part of what, what you guys are doing? And we feel like God's calling us in that particular direction. We still want to do that, but we're going, okay, we got to go back to the drawing board and say, church is going to look radically different. But we have this thing called question of the day. And, and it was really cool that when we went digital, in my, my mind, I didn't even think about like, oh, we think about the question. I was just like, but we can't do it. And people were like, hey, man, why can't we do question of the day? And I was like, okay, cool. So I'll ask the question, but instead of passing the mic, we pass the phone. And so you record your answer on your phone and then you send it to us. And then we have our production guy mesh them together and put a video and then we just send them back to our groups. And so now they, they're hearing other people answer the questions. They're seeing familiar faces, familiar voices. Um, and that's been so encouraging. Like people just super pumped to see one another. Um, like you take for granted that kind of stuff. And um, so that's been really cool. You were talking about like your vi your mission statement of your church and how you wanted to unpack that later. So you were talking about a gospel-centered, transcultural church. So I would yeah. love you to unpack that uh, and yeah. how that's key to what you're doing. Sure. So and you've been to one of our Sunday gatherings, but if, if any of the listeners uh, made their way to Pretoria, the great city of Pretoria in South Africa, and uh, and came to Rooted Fellowship on a Sunday morning, um, someone would get up and welcome them. And, and in their welcome, they would say that we are a gospel-centered, disciple-making, transcultural church. Now, the first two things, uh, folks would go, yeah, that makes sense. If you're a church, you should be about the gospel, um, that, that Jesus should be at the center of everything that you do. Uh, and that you should make disciples. We want to be obedient to the Great Commission. 
And so make disciples that go on to make more disciples. But it's always the third one that gets people going, well, what does that mean? You know, transcultural, it sounds like multi-ethnic, it sounds like multicultural, is it the same thing? And so our response is always yes and no. Yes in that it seeks to embody a lot of what folks might understand as multicultural uh, or, or multiracial. Um, but it's very different in that we are pursuing something that I believe is very different. Um, so this this word transcultural we we actually got from a, a church in Atlanta, a good friend friend of mine, Pastor Leons, who leads a church out there called Renovation Church. Um, and I came, you know, I, I came through them or by them, um, whatever the English expression is, uh, because I was trying to figure out you know, who else out there is um, is planting, establishing, and multiplying churches that are genuinely diverse. Um, in South Africa, with the history that we have, um, you know, post-apartheid, you know, after 1994, um, folks are are pursuing reconciliation and in reconciliation pursuing diversity. Um, but a lot of folks struggle. It's it's not as easy as um, as most people would think. Um, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of shame and guilt. Um, and so, getting people in one room from different backgrounds. While difficult, you know, it's it's possible, but actually getting them to to embrace and enjoy and love one another—that's a whole other thing. And I and I believe that that's something the gospel does. And so we began to long for something like that in South Africa, um, and so that's our heart. And and we've really seen God do some amazing things uh, in bringing people from all walks of life. I'm not saying it's a walk in the park, but um, but with the, the, the supernatural power of the gospel, um, it's something that we are seeing and something that we are longing to multiply. Um, and it's something that is very much needed in, in South Africa. I think churches need to be, be thinking about moving in that direction um, if we want to make a significant impact. And a lot of guys tend to, you know, they hear the vision, they, they hear our passion and they go, um, you guys sound like a social justice church or, um, you know, the gospel is, is not about diversity diversity doesn't save people and, and we get all of that you know we've never once said that um but we do believe that this is a direct implication of the gospel um, if the gospel is good news that brings people together then in a country as diverse as ours we should be seeing diverse people coming together because this is what the good news does so, so that's a little bit of what we're doing um that's my passion um then how is that embrace happening in your worship services when you can't touch each other, when you can't, when you can't visit each other, when you can't, yeah. it's not a walk in the park. You can't even walk in the park right now, you know? So, so we've um, having to move everything online to become digital. That's kind of the, the phrase that we're using. We're saying we are rooted fellowship digital. Um, we're, we're reminding one another that even though we can't be with one another, we're still called to be, a community um, that social distancing doesn't mean relational distancing and so we're trying to find ways and being creative about making sure that folks are still being connected to one another um, and there's various digital platforms that we're using um, encouraging folks to get on those um, we by god's grace because we were diverse um, we're just able to tap into that and and say you were already in a group that was diverse um, so just continue that, but, but do so on a different platform. Um, to be more specific for our Sunday gatherings, what we've decided to do is in 
we, we because we can't film right we can't get everyone in one space and and film the the sunday gathering to be able to you know put on the different platforms we're getting folks to record uh readings from the bible um we're getting uh, folks to do spoken word pieces we have a few spoken word artists in our church and so we're getting them to do some recordings and and so folks are hearing different voices and different accents which is very very important um so to hear the word of god you know read to you and in a different accent and to those who call rooted home it would be a familiar voice and a familiar accent um that is just kind of one way that we're going hey just be be reminded that we are a diverse church um you know we we want to hear different languages um and and so forth and so so that's that's one of the ways um you know in in this 21 days now obviously if this goes on longer we're going to have to ramp up you know all of what we're doing to say okay we want to make sure that the gospel is being preached that we're still in community and that we're still putting on display the rich creative diversity uh, that god has here in our context something that came to mind as you were sharing all of that is i guess the temptation is like let's put everything online that we've been planning um but as you're talking about that's that's not sustainable so what are some things that are just going to have to go all together what are some things um that are able to go online how are you guys thinking about engaging the internet missionally as far as like which platforms are worth using um did you have a comms team before this started? Just like, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, those are great thoughts and great questions. So so uh, let me start at the end and work my way um, to where you started. So we did have a comms team and um, and we were growing it. We were building it out as we were growing as a church. And uh, and that, that changed drastically. Um, so folks maybe who were part of the comms team and were doing stuff, you know, once a week, twice a week, they are now very 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 necessary and um need to be working every day um and, and it's just because the the medium has changed um and so we are redeploying we are moving folks around we're saying hey i know that we had asked you to do this but we now need you to do you know that um we never did video that was what, like we just even though people were like why don't you guys have anything on youtube we didn't have a YouTube channel. We, we didn't have any of those things. Um, and in one week, we, we had a YouTube channel. We have three podcasts running. Um, you know, we're running um, devotionals. And, and so in doing this, one of our, you know, one of our things has always been we never want everything to come from this, like, central office. Um, but we want to make sure that we're equipping our people. Uh, that folks on the ground are the ones that are actually doing ministry. And um, so when I talk about our devotionals, what we ended up doing is we just got a bunch of our members to write devotionals in the season. And and that's what we're putting out. And so we've, we've called them devotionals for you, by you. But we were just simply saying to them that, man, these devotionals, they're for you, but they've also been written by you. Um, and so again, it's not us doing it, but it's it's folks in the church, and it's a really good way to grow your leaders. Um, so that's been great, and um, and even we didn't want to go the amazing. And I'm not saying that if that's what you're doing, then then you're bad or you should stop. But we didn't want to go the full production epic. Um, we we wanted to to make it simple, but at the same time, we were saying that this this isn't normal. 
um, that we want folks to long to be with one another again. And we're starting to see that. So they're very thankful for everything that's being done. Um, thankful for our communication team, our content developers. Um, very, very, very thankful. But they're also recognizing that, wow, we had something amazing. You know, maybe folks who were on the fringes, and we've actually seen that. Folks who were maybe on the sidelines actually come in because they're going, man, I, I, I really need community. I, I want to be with people. And I think that's something we'll be able to carry um, post this. I do want to say one other thing, but it's not necessarily comms. And so I don't know if now is the time to talk about it, but but we've already started talking about we flattened the curve in South Africa. Um, the government comes back and says, hey, okay, everyone, after 21 days, we're not going to let everyone back in to normal, but maybe we'll little by little, you know, so maybe 50 people can start gathering and then 100. And um, so we've already started talking and planning and saying, if that's the direction that our government goes in, um, then, then it's going to, things are going to look really, really different. So I'm going to put it out. I'm put it out here. I don't know when this is going to drop. Um, but, um, but it's an idea that we, we spoke about as a staff team. And then we'll probably talk about it as, even as, as elders and leaders is this might then go, because we won't be able to go, you know, full on Sunday gathering, we might go Saturday evening which is something we had never thought about, um, but go Saturday evening because uh, that'll allow us to, you know, get 50 people in a room, record that, and then go Sunday morning. That's another 50. And then from the recording that we did on the Saturday that we then we would put that online for folks who are unable to come. Like those are some of the, the things that we're starting to talk about that we would have never, ever, ever discussed. We, we, we I mean, if you had asked me a year ago, would you ever do a, a Saturday gathering a saturday evening gathering i would have said no like that that doesn't make any sense no you know but now it's like yeah that might be that might be something we have to do um so so i think i can definitely see how this is changing um at least definitely for us um how we have understood church and i'm talking about the gathering of the church um and how this may shape and mold what we do beyond this so um, I've got this, I think it's like a syndrome or something where when I do something and I like it, I think everyone should do it. And so my church just accidentally backed into this like Zoom, Google Hangout thing where we get 20 households, 20 cameras, and we just we just go through a, a order of worship and we read a prayer of confession together, do a responsive reading together with the awkwardness of the unmuting. And then we, somebody gets up and plays music and we sing along and, and then we watch a sermon on a video and, and it's a really rich time. And then I'm like, am I in a church plant right now? So Ona, uh, I would love to know your thoughts on the validity of that thinking of us, the small groups of the new church plants, especially if we're seeing this, global pandemic lasts longer, you know, 2021, I've heard some talk about until we get a vaccine, that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on, because I've shared this with you before. I think you you actually texted me. You were the first person to text me when all, all this went down. And you're like, hey, what are you thinking? And we were, I remember us ideating together. Wanted to yeah. see if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've heard a lot of people talk about that, you know, um, hey, could this change? Could this radically change? Um, how we've understood church. So, you know, 
there was a season where everybody was trying to start a church that would become a mega church. Um, you know, everyone wanted to have a church building um, that had the really cool, you know, children's space and, 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 and. Um, and so could this be the return? Um, and I don't even know if that's the right thing to say, if that's even biblically correct, but the return to kind of the smaller, the home, the, the early church. You know, I'm hearing people say that. Um, yes and no. This is my opinion. Yes and yes and no. Um, I can definitely see how that could work in kind of northern hemisphere contexts, um, because culturally there is a a way northern hemisphere, you know, um, folks engage. I'm, I'm talking about family now, even the way that they understand family. Um, whereas southern hemisphere is very different. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Northern Hemisphere, and I'm generalizing, right? So I know I'm going to get tons of emails, but I'm generalizing. Um, Northern Northern Hemisphere, you know, they'll talk about, uh, this is my mom and dad. This is talking about family, right? My mom and dad, uh, my siblings. Uh, then I have, you know, cousins, uncles, aunts. And then they go, my second cousin on my uncle's side from the other side of the mountain who used to live beyond the river. And, you know what I mean? Like, there are all these layers Whereas when I think about Africa, um, and, and I think southern most Southern Hemisphere cultures would be the same. It's, well, this is my mom and dad, and then everyone else is on my brothers and sisters. Um, you know, these different categories, yeah, we have them. But if you were to ask someone here in South Africa, uh, in their language, in their culture, um, what's, a, what's cousin? It's not that that word doesn't exist. They'd have to go, let me think about that. Um, because generally, when I talk about folks in my family, they're my brothers and sisters. This is family. And, and so that shapes the way we gather. Um, we, we are okay with the smaller units, the smaller gatherings, but we love the massive gatherings. Um, that's why when you have a wedding, um, you're going to have people that are there that you have never seen before in your life. But they're there because like your auntie, uh, knows that person because they grew up with them and they remember a story and so so they show up, you know, um, or my whole street's going to show up because we're considered family. And so I, we're going to still need those. I, I think culturally we're going to still need those. Um, I even think about when we were planting and I was trying to share like, you know, we'd have vision nights and I'm sharing with people, hey, we want to plant a church. And uh, there's a, a lot of folks, a lot of, a lot of black folks um, would say, uh, okay, I hear you. Um, let me know when the gathering is. You know, when when you start the Sunday gathering, then I'll pull in because then you're a church. Now, whether that's right or wrong, we can debate about that. But I think it says something about us as a people, and it says something about us culturally. And and so while I think we could do the smaller, you know, I'm in the house, and and I sure, but but we long for massive gatherings um and so we you can go to various places on this con continent you, you don't need the massive building the children's space the man you you get a mic you get some speakers people will show up because because we love the gathering um so yeah so it's yes and no i think it, it depends on where you are uh, contextually and, and culturally um, but i think it's going to be very difficult here and, and i'll say this one thing um Sorry, man. This my answer is starting to sound like a sermon on a Sunday. Um, we've we've managed to go online. 
Um, and that's a, that's a socioeconomic thing because the, the folks that we're reaching and where we are, um, we have access to, to like online platforms and data and internet and so forth. That, that's not the reality for the majority of this context, um, the majority of this continent. And so uh, even as I, I chat to a number of pastors, um, you know, when we're talking about this pandemic and what it's doing, um, a lot of them can't just go, yeah, yeah, we just jumped online. Like there is a real reality. Is that, can I say that? Is that, okay, real reality. That doesn't sound like correct English. Um, but but there's a there's a reality that many churches are gonna, I, I many churches are gonna shut down because of this, um, because they can't, they can't like a lockdown or hashtag stay at home, um, self isolate. Like for a lot of people, that means I'm not going to see my my church folks, my church brothers and sisters for a very long time, and I can't jump online and do that. I don't have the data. I don't have. I'm in an area where uh, that kind of technology is not there yet. And, um, and so we're trying to figure out how to love and serve our brothers and sisters in the, who are in those contexts. Um, and that's challenging. That's hard. So, so we, 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 the gathering is very, very, very important for us. Um, you know, even giving it's, yeah, we're thankful that a lot of our folks give online. That's something that we're doing already. Um, and so we're just encouraging folks to continue to do that. A lot of churches required people to show up on a Sunday so they could give. And um, and if, say, if they're not showing up, then then how do they give? Um, and that has implications on work and and so forth. So 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 we we not only I think depend on the gathering. Um, I think it's woven into who we are culturally. I don't think we need to throw away a lot of our content and training, particularly in church planting. But I really think it's going to change how we view church planting and church planters. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about it even as I think about our own church planting residents. You can clearly see between the two folks who, the one who's like, I'm kind of ready for this. The other one is like, this has taken me massively by surprise and I don't know what to do. Um, and, it, and those are normal emotions to have, normal feelings to have, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's really interesting for me. Ona, thank you so much for sharing with us. And we will be praying for you, brother, as, uh, as God works through Rooted Fellowship in Pretoria.